Well, hello. Welcome to episode 20 of At Least You Didn't, sponsored by Lixir Drinks. I'm Annabelle Buckland. I'm Caroline Verdon. And this podcast is basically full of those stories, of those things that happen to you that you should not tell another living soul because it was mortifyingly embarrassing. Uh, And yet we decided not only to tell another living soul and tell each other, but to tell you as well. You are welcome. (laughs) Before we get into it, would you please do us the honour of subscribing to the podcast and leaving us a review and a rating, possibly sending us a box of chocolates if you feel (laughs) so inclined. The rating and the review is most important though and you can do that from the comfort of your armchair if people still have armchairs these days. Thank you. I quite like a soft centre. Anyway, we digress. The way this podcast works is uh, the pair of us constantly message each other over WhatsApp, just headlines of these embarrassing things that have happened to us. We then start a little recording session, have a little drinky poo, tell each other the stories. And what you will hear on this week's episode are basically some of those highlights of those terrifyingly embarrassing stories. For example, at least you didn't get caught out on a school performance. Lower the tone at Blenheim Palace. Have a wardrobe malfunction at work. Or get on the wrong soapbox. At least you didn't. Have a crush on Mick Hucknall. Carpet burn your lady bits. At least you didn't show the coppers your tits. It could be worse. At least you didn't lower the royal tone. So, as well as doing radio, I've also done a fair bit of newspaper work and I worked for quite a while for a national newspaper agency. And the way it worked is the agency had, you know, X amount of staff and the national papers would phone in and they'd say, hi, it's the Daily Mail. We need someone to go out and report on this story. Hi, it's the Times. Hi, it's whoever. And the rule was always say yes. That was the rule. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, I ended up getting sent out on this story for the then News of the World, which obviously doesn't exist now. (gasps) And the story that I got sent out on was the story about how Wills and Kate, they'd just announced their engagement. It's all very exciting. Mm -hmm. And so I got sent to Kate's parents' house. What? The theory was there would be an announcement. At some point, they're going to give an announcement to the press saying, you know, we're so excited, we're so pleased, blah, blah, blah. The stuff you're meant to say. The stuff you're meant to say. So I arrived at about 7am in the morning. There was already 15 journalists parked up on a grass verge. I was like, right, this is where I'm meant to be. Uh, (laughs) Over I go, park myself up. Uh, Now, I'm pretty well versed in just waiting. That's what you had to do a lot of in that job, just waiting. There's a a cameraman with me as well. And uh, his job is to just take photos of literally anything. Any vehicle that drives in through those gates, just take a photo. Anyone who goes in, anyone who goes out, just take a photo. So he was there like all the time. And I basically didn't really have much to do because I'm only there for the words. And I had my little lunchbox with me because you never know how long you're going to be there for. And Mm. I also have a car kettle and some tea bags so I can make myself... A car kettle? Yep, plugs into the cigarette lighter. Um, (laughs) So you can make yourself... Heaven forbid you go without a cup of tea. More than a few hours without a cup of tea. Exactly. It's still in my car to this day because you just never know. And it took ages. And it gets to about 2pm and I am desperate for the toilet. Yeah. Now, by this point other things are kicking off within the realm of news. And so 
other reporters have been called off. But as people get called off, those newspapers still want those stories. So they then start phoning up the agency saying, oh, it's the Mirror, it's the Sunday Times, it's the Guardian, Mm -hmm. it's whoever. And suddenly, before you know it, I'm not only working for the News of the World, I'm then on for about five different newspapers. So the pressure is really on when there's that many newspapers that are waiting for what you've got to say. The pressure is massively on. Only I've had two kettles worth of tea and (laughs) I've not been anywhere with facilities since 7am and I am absolutely desperate for a wee and the thing is I don't know why this is the case but the majority the vast majority of photographers and reporters in these situations are men in fact I was the only woman there and so they were Mm. fine because they could just go up and have a wee against a tree that was there. Yeah. Yeah. I know how it works. I couldn't. <laughs> I could not do that. And yeah. like I, I get nervous about wild wees anyway. I'm not a wild wee. Yeah. Like no, I'm not either. I've never perfected it. I I never know how it's gonna go. I don't physically know how it works, gravity wise. Well I don't know how, how you're supposed to do it. Exactly. Good calf muscles. And I'm not blessed, I'll be honest. Um, And also, I always worry about a weirdo in the bush, hiding in the bush too with a camera. And here I am, surrounded by like 20 proper long lens cameras. The last thing I want to do right now is have a wee. But it is 2pm and then it's 3pm. I love how you think that you having a wee would be (laughs) 10 times more likely to catch the attention of all of these paparazzi who are outside the house of the future queen and you think oh no any sight of me and they're just instantly going to want pictures of me instead of them yeah all right good point <laughs> hadn't thought that part through that was probably the safest i've ever been <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could probably have walked behind them naked windmilling your own breath yes and and i'd have been not a imagine that that wouldn't have made it to the paper or anything. All those photographers. Woo! So I'm very nervous at this point because I know I can't leave here and go and use a pub toilet. Because if I leave here and that is the moment they come out, I'm fired. Uh, yeah. That's bad. So I have to stay, but I also have to sort this out before there's an actual medical emergency. But I need to find somewhere with full bush coverage. And by that, I do mean literal, not... <laughs> not so um so i find myself looking at the house and just checking out the side of it kate's parents house yeah to be clear caroline yeah and you're scouting out toilet opportunities (laughs) outside of the house of the parents of the future queen yeah yeah Okay, just just check, just um, clarify. And that, yeah. there was an area where there was there were quite a few bushes, and I thought, do you know what? I reckon I could get in there. Do you? Do you mean the garden? No, I mean like in between the bushes. So it's the you know it's the boundary line. It's the boundary line. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so um, so I had no choice. I went and had a royal wild wee. <laughs> <laughs> What was the terrain that you were fertilising? Um, it was grass. It was just like, there was, it was okay. lawned. So there was a lawn. I had visions of it being tarmac and there being uh, a, a No, stream. no, don't worry. I didn't add a water feature. <laughs> <laughs>
At least you didn't lower the tone at Blenheim Palace. Yes. So, a few years ago, I had a dog. There was this run that I wanted to do, Blenheim Palace. They were having this 10k race and it just so happened that the radio station I really wanted to work at were hosting this event and I thought, I know, I'll enter, I'll go along, I can go and, you know, suck up to the people running the event and just check in and remind them who I am and I'll take my dog because everyone loves a dog and I'll go and run this race. And my little bum bag with my little treats and my poo bags and I'd made sure that he'd had his breakfast well in advance. I'd made sure that I'd taken him out before we went. I'd been drinking loads of water. I was prepping, you know, I really wanted to, I really wanted to be one of those people who runs with their dog and everyone is really impressed with because their dog just merrily trots along. So he's getting very overexcited and I'm thinking it'll be fine. As soon as the race starts, everyone will disperse and... It will be, it'll be less chaotic. He will, he'll get into the, he'll get into the groove of this 10K. All right. That did not happen, Caroline. (laughs) The, the, the gun goes off, the race begins and it is an absolute nightmare from the off. He's pulling me left, right and centre, getting in the way of some quite serious runners. Doody is trying to sniff their hands as they run past. He's trying, he's like weaving in and out of them. I'm trying to keep him on a short lead, but also, you know, stop him from tripping me over. It's a complete nightmare. And I didn't think it could get any worse until he starts doing the poo dance. And all dog owners will know this. You can tell when your dog needs to go because they start sniffing around. He started kind of pulling back, sniffing around for a little spot in the middle of the track. So I He's doing a Paula Radcliffe. He's doing a Paula Radcliffe. (laughs) Exactly. So I pulled him over to the side and just kind of went into the verge and let him let him do his poo. But obviously, I'm a conscientious and responsible dog owner. I've got about 17 poo bags in my bump bag, just in case. So obviously, I pick up the poo. I look around, looking for a dog poo bin, and I don't see one. So I just think, well, I can't leave it here. No. That would be disgusting. Yeah. I can't just leave it. So I do the only thing that I can think of to do, which is put it in my bum bag. Oh, God. Zip it up and carry on carry on the run now this happened at about 3k into a 10k and i thought it's fine because we're out in the open it's sealed in a black it's sealed in a bag and then it's sealed again in my bum bag what what could possibly go wrong how about one heat and humidity and two the fact that you're (sighs) running around and so it's getting jostled so we go around and about five minutes later i started to get a waft from actually, embarrassingly, my crotchal region, which is where my bum bag is is bobbing bobbing around down there. And I just realised that smell is coming from me. And it's not a wide track and I'm starting to get some looks as people are, are running past me. And I'm starting to see people kind of, you know, the nostrils going flaring in the wind as they start to get this whiff of canine feces <laughs> radiating from my person so i carried on running because i didn't feel like i could i didn't feel i could get rid of no, it you can't ditch it and i did come across a dog poo bin excellent 
So I thought, great, quick pit stop, ditch the do, yep. crack on. And I opened my oh, bum no. bag. And unfortunately, Caroline, oh, no. I hadn't quite tied it up properly. Oh, no! So the, the whole bum bag had to go. Oh, no. I really lost a good a good bum bag that day, <laughs> along with a good chunk of my dignity. <laughs> On the upside, though, uh, you could probably be thanked for being other people's reason for getting a PB as they sell, smell the smell and go, oh, God, I'm going to get past her. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I do believe it is time for a little drinks break. I'm in. So the At Least You Didn't podcast has an official sponsor. We are now sponsored by Lixia Drinks. Now, Lixia Drinks make the most amazing tonic waters. They've got less sugar, fewer calories, nothing artificial. They have been mixed by actual bartenders. They've done elderflower and lemon, blood orange and cinnamon, rhubarb and ginger. There's all sorts of flavours. But most importantly, there's also a discount code. Oh, yes. When you go to lixiadrinks.co.uk to order your fancy tonic waters, make sure you pop in at the checkout the discount code ALYD15. ALYD, at least you didn't. You get the gist. And uh, get yourself 15% off some delicious tonic waters. Just FYI, ALYD50 doesn't work. Tried it. Of course you did. Should we crack on? Should we do some more podcasts now? Cheers. Chin chin. So this is the part of the podcast where we like to highlight some of your stories because they are hilarious and make us feel so much better about our own lives. This week, we have got Samantha from Oxfordshire. Anybody will find this cringeworthy, but Caroline, I think you'd agree. If you're a woman listening to this and you've ever worked in an office with loads of men around, this is going to make you cringe even more. It's horrific. At least you didn't have a wardrobe malfunction. My story, ironically, is somewhat of a fashion fail, which is ironic because now I am a stylist. I try and help women not to have fashion fails. So before being a stylist, I was a newspaper editor and I um, I like to think of myself still as a young woman. But at this point, I legitimately was a young woman and I became <laughs> I became an editor and it was quite rare really for women, for young women to be newspaper editors. And obviously I How old were you, Sam? I was twenty-six. Wow, oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Go you. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? You know, the patriarchy wanted to bring me down and I helped them do it through my fashion choices. So I was starting this new job. I'd moved to a new town, did not know anyone, was obviously really nervous, but was putting on a bit of a front, as you do. I knew that this team was not going to take very well to me. There'd been a lot of change. They were not going to like it. So I went in, tried to make a good impression. Now, I love clothes. And at this time I had this skirt and you know how sometimes you have an item of clothing and it kind of fits, but you just, you just, you're just going to squeeze yourself into it. Yeah. 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 So this skirt, you just hope for the best. Yeah. You just kind of hope for the best. So this skirt was too small. And what they'd done with the design was they put the, um, the seam up the, up the front, like up the middle of the skirt. Oh, 
yeah so it the bottom of it there was kind of a gap in the the seam at the front of the skirt she could show a little bit of leg but you know not got you nothing too saucy but a little bit you know so i'm a serious cool. businesswoman but i've also got legs yeah i've also got legs here they here are my legs yeah that's what it was so the other point of this is that you know how your nan always says to you wear your best knickers because oh. guaranteed the day when you're not wearing if you your get best hit knickers, by a bus It'll be yeah. the day you get hit by a bus. So on this particular day, I was not wearing my best knickers. Um, I've done what I now, as soon as I start working with women, I'm like, let me just look in, in your, let's just talk about pants first, shall we? Because I don't want them to make this the same mistake. So I, I was in a rush. I thought, well, no one's going to see my pants. I hadn't done my laundry, pulled on this old pair of stained the you know the elastic's gone there's a hole in the bum cheek all of that was going on underneath my fabulous skirt so because the seam was at the front of this skirt and it wasn't very well made so in particular fashion high street retailer you shall not be named the seam started to come undone oh no okay the office was about a 20 minute walk away from my house so the office was in the town center so i walked to work i thought that would be good for me because you know get the steps in it'll it'll be great to walk to work along a busy one of the busiest main roads in the country whatever fine so by the time I got to the office it was already starting to fray a little bit and I was thinking oh it'll be okay I was just trying to pull it down pull it down I sat down in my chair and the seam at the front of this skirt Mm. just ripped like a piece of paper oh how far up it, it was higher than the, the knickers at this point. Oh, no. Um, you're flapping about in the wind. On your so, first yeah, day of work, where you're was, trying to be a female boss in a male office right. of... Oh. Yeah, the seam had gone, and I was sat in my pants thinking, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> it wasn't winter. I was sat in my pants. <laughs> it wasn't winter. At my so desk. <laughs> at my desk, yeah, and I thought, well, what I, I thought what I'll do is I'll just sit for as long as possible. So that, you know, no one will know. The rest I'll just, of my life. <laughs> the rest of my life. So I just avoided anything that would mean that I had to get up. So I even go to the toilet. So I sat there. But then obviously it got to the point where I could sit no longer. and I had to walk home. So I just thought, I'll just front this out. You'll literally front this out. You, are, you thought that was a good <laughs> idea. So I just got up at the end of the day and was like, see you tomorrow good good day everyone well done everyone <laughs> and uh walked out the office up the stairs out onto the street and then i had to walk all the way home along the main road just with a lovely on, breeze on show yeah it was refreshing so if, if we're going to pick up <laughs> the story did anyone ever mention it no one ever said a word about it and i went on to oh, to win like editor of the year don't want to brag but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait maybe, wait, maybe that was maybe they got the wrong end of the <laughs> doing that kind of job. Sometimes you have to go absolutely berserk at people. And the times when I had to go berserk at people, obviously in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, these people have seen me in my knickers. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but we never we never spoke about it. So And they're still terrified of you. They're still, that's how terrifying I am. I can stand there in my old pants and have a go at you. 
I am so glad I work from home and don't have to think about these things. I'll be honest with you, Annabelle. Right now, I'm sitting in my pants. I'm pantless. Woo! Uh, I've got trousers on. <laughs> They're like pajama bottoms. So you're wearing your pajamas. That's what you're saying. That is the beauty of working from home. Yeah. Sadly, not the case for Samantha. No. If you have a story you would like to share with us, please do. Uh, you can get in contact at any point. Uh, you can find us on the socials at At Least You Didn't. At Least You Didn't get on the wrong soapbox. So this was whilst the pair of us were working together. I don't know if you were there at the time, but it was at that radio station. And you will remember, Annabelle, just how terrible the parking was. Yes, I um, do. Not enough space for the number of people. Absolute nightmare. You had to parallel park against the side of the building to mm. leave just enough space to a car, for a car to be able to drive up past you and park behind. It was a nightmare. People would get stuck in that car park every single day. It was an absolute pain. Now, because I did breakfast, I was really lucky because I was the first person in. I got the best slot. I got the slot yeah. right in front of the door. Right which by meant the door. Oh, right by the, the door. So I could just drive straight out. Happy days. And there was this one particular morning and there were about probably four or five of us in or, or across different stations doing stuff at breakfast. About four or five cars in the car park. It's pitch black for most of the morning in the winter because uh, the show starts at six, didn't finish till nine-ish. And about half past eight, like other people started coming in the building and filling mm-hmm. the building up. And it's about 20 to nine and the studio door opens. And this is unusual because no one comes into the studio whilst you're doing a show. It like, just doesn't happen. Mm. And the studio door opens and somebody from the sales team sheepishly put their head around the corner and just said, uh, have you seen your car? And basically, whilst we'd been doing the show, somebody had graffitied the car of the guy that I work with. <gasps> And there was graffiti all down the side of it. I can't remember what it said. It was some sort of made up word that was like their tag or whatever. But it was all down the side of it. It was horrendous. Obviously, the guy I work with, absolutely furious. There's no CCTV. So no one saw anything. We weren't in the middle of nowhere. So who knows who it was? That's not going to be pleasant to get that sorted out. Um, and needless to say, he decides he's going to move his car from the position that it was in, where there's access to one side of it. Uh, and he moves it so it's nestled in between a load of other cars, thinking that this will keep my car safer. We're all on high alert in the building for this awful human who's decided to do some graffiti. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, my day is really busy. After the show, I had to plan the following day's show. I was also doing newsy things and I had about five interviews that I had to do that day for this huge piece I was putting together, uh, which was all on HIV and AIDS. And it was quite serious and it was quite hard hitting and it was talking to people who had HIV or AIDS or talking to relatives or talking to relatives of people who had it years ago and they had passed away. And mm. um, I had a lot, I had a lot on that day. And I'm upstairs in the building and I'm planning my day out and trying to get everything done. And I look out and there is a random man sat on the bonnet of the car that had earlier on been graffitied. Now, my colleague who owns the car had popped out for some lunch. This is just some random man. I am furious. I walk outside. Everyone in the building is like, what do we do? What do we do? I thought, I don't know why anyone's waiting around. I'll sort this out. (laughs) So I walk outside put my cape on and the pants over the top of my trousers as I go. Uh, And I said, excuse me. And 
This guy went, yeah. I said, get off that car bonnet. And he went, uh, okay, why? Well, it's not your car, for starters. And it's been graffitied this morning. Was that you? <laughs> and he went, oh, it, it is my car. <gasps> and I looked at the reg plate. It was his car. It wasn't the car of my colleague. So that was awkward. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? Save face. Well, this is actually a private car park. <laughs> oh, no. So you can't park in here anyway, so you're going to have to move it. And he said, oh, um, I was told to park here. And I went, well, by who? And he said, well, I'm, I'm meant to be here for an interview. And I was like, really? Oh, no. Who with? Oh, no. And he went, someone called Caroline Verdon? Oh, no. Oh, no. What did you do? She's gone home. She's really ill. She's never coming back. I wish. I went, that's me. Oh. I'm so sorry for this terrible start to us meeting. Um, <laughs> and then I sort of went through like the situation this morning and the graffiti. And he was as amicable as he could be about the situation. As I then showed him through into the studio where we were due to have a really in-depth discussion about his personal health and about the death of his father. The interview did not go well. And I've never been so humiliated in my life. And that's saying a lot. And that's I mean, saying a lot, yeah. And and I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't go in to try and be the hero anymore. Also, I realise that there is more to cars than just the colour of them. <laughs> and more than one person is allowed to have the same colour car. Weird that he was sitting on the bonnet, though. Like, that's not isn't a normal it? thing to do. It's not it? a normal thing to do. So it is on him, isn't it? It's not my fault. Yeah, it's all, yeah. What a weird thing to do. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> At least you didn't. Have a crush on Mick Hucknall. Carpet burn your lady bits. At least you didn't show the coppers your tits. It could be worse. Thank you for listening to episode 20 of the At Least You Didn't podcast, sponsored by Lixia Drinks. I've been Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland. Thank you very much for being here with us in solidarity with our disastrous selves. And we'll see you next week with more stories such as At Least You Didn't, Lower the Royal Tone. Regret getting a coffee before your lecture. Or get asked to leave a press conference. I need to find somewhere with full bush coverage.